What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Gridiron 4th and 1 podcast. This is not your usual host. Uh, this is the Kamish again. I was able to track down Rishi and Nardo and uh, tie them back up in my basement. So I'm here hosting the podcast once more <laughs> with two amazing special guests uh, returning. You, by, you guys have both been on the podcast before, so this is not your first rodeo. We got Ashok and we got Toby. The strong with the wind, or the stunners. No, I'm sorry, strong with the wind and stunners, respectively. How are you guys doing? Doing good, good guys. Good, 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 man. Happy to be on. Okay, so I got, I got, I got to fix my hosting duties because I can't just throw a question out that's general and try, expect both people to answer. You guys are both so polite. <laughs> and didn't want to speak over one another, so there was this awkward silence. So I'll do a better job with that. <laughs> All right, so, uh, well, let's start off with uh, the only news item we have for today, just because it's making us all so incredibly happy. But uh, there are two more <laughs> Chargers players. And, uh, okay, hold on. Before I say this, we don't want anything bad to happen to the players. We're not wishing COVID or any illness on anyone. This is more so just because we we really dislike one of the 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 team owners, a.k.a. Rishi, who is one of the one of the hosts, who loves the Chargers, and now they have three players on the COVID list. So what what an amazing turn of events that I'm here speaking with two <laughs> doctors on, on the podcast. Can you just give any insight into what's going on? And where, what, yeah, Toby, I'm going to leave that with you. Let's go. I mean, let's not lie. We're all kind of happy that they got covid we know all these professional athletes, they're just like sitting in their bed, relaxing, drinking their mojitos while they just have some time off. And we're just laughing at Rishi at this point. So <laughs> I'm totally okay with this. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Well, Rishi. Uh, well, Rishi, so, okay. So this is going to lead into a good spot because Rishi. So I, I want to take a look at Rishi's team. Which players does he have from those? Does he have both of those receivers? Oh my gosh, he does, and they're both sitting in your starting lineup right now, dude. All right, Rishi, don't check your lineup, right? Uh, I'm going to need you to lose to Toby this week. <laughs> so this is going to lead us right into uh, the playoff scenario that we're talking about in Ashok. You know, I gave my thoughts on the Kamish Power Rankings, but we I want to dive into what your perspective is. And Rishi, as it currently stands, is sitting in the sixth and final spot. He is right behind you, Ashok. You are in the fifth spot. And... As I said in the in the in the power rankings, I feel like Amar is somewhat of a lock. Uh, there would have to be quite a scenario that happens, a very specific scenario that would happen for him to to completely fall out of the playoffs at this point. So, Ashok, you you are in the opposite position of me because you beat me last week. You are sitting at the fifth spot, right? So, in that like the most most comfortable, I would say, after Amar. Uh, whereas I feel like myself and I guess Austin as well are as far outside as possible. So what is this looking like for you? How are you feeling about the playoff scenario from your perspective? Yeah. So normally I would feel a little bit more confident, but I'm only in slightly better of a predicament than Rishi. Um, because I am out of my ideal roster. I'm starting maybe three of them. I have Kyler Murray. I have Kyle Pitts, who hasn't really done much. And then Josh Jacobs. Um, I'm starting all my bench receivers. I had to pick up a few because all my receivers are either injured or have COVID. Uh, and then Jonathan Taylor, my goodness, what a week to have a bye week. Uh, <laughs> oh, last last week of the season. Oh, um, uh, 
Yeah, I, I was saying a couple of weeks ago that uh, Armor Hot Dogs has had the easiest path. And even still, they're they're on a three-game slide right now, but they're having you on the week where you don't have Jonathan Taylor. So that's going to be a rough one regardless. I think uh, Mitchell might play for you, though, Ashok. You might want to. Yeah, I don't know. He's still in concussion protocol, so I, I picked up his backup just in case. Okay. Because I wasn't sure. I don't want to be. I was going to tell you, you can have uh, Trey Sermon if you want, but. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Shannon. Shannon hates him for whatever. I don't know what he did to him. <laughs> Why does he hate him so much? He's in the doghouse, man. Yeah. And they traded up to get him, which makes even less sense. Yeah. Just complete nonsense. Gosh. Yeah. Well, here, here's the situation as I see it for you, Ashok. I mean, you can, you can lose this week. And as long as, well, here's the thing. None of us are playing each other, which is where it gets fascinating, right? So you can lose this week. And as long as, you know, Rishi loses, Rishi and and Gibson lose, I would say, I think you're going to be in, you're going to be okay. But, um, yeah, I agree. And so I actually wanted to bring this, uh, this will be definitely an off season topic, but I wanted to at least kind of bring this notion up to you. I do think it sucks for Gibson that he has an immense amount of points and he's just been supremely unlucky throughout the season. <laughs> and like, maybe I like we can like tweak this idea at, like in the off season or like workshop it, but maybe the last six spot goes to just whoever has the most points regardless of records. Ooh, are you talking about Out of, a wild card spot? Basically. Yeah. Instead of mm. going straight off points. Um, it's just something to think about because I, I look at Gibson's team and that is a formidable roster, like left and right. But you know, he's is that possible to have like a a wild card I, weekend in our league? I don't know. Well, it would just be something. So yeah, it, it would just have to be something where we manually adjust it. I, I don't know. Maybe Sleeper has more functionality. I don't know if Yahoo does. Uh, that would be something cool to add in, or at least to consider. Uh, so. I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna share something with you guys here. Are you are you in the spreadsheet? Right. What do you mean? Uh, like, like the like open up the spreadsheet. Yeah. Do you have the the spreadsheet open or like uh, the uh, sure the salary cap one? Salary yeah. cap one. All right. So yeah. I have a That's hidden fine. page right now, which I'm just kind of I'm just kind of doodling with. It's sheet eleven, going to be all the way on the right side. So, kind of to alleviate what you just brought up, Ashok. <laughs> one of the things that I wanted to implement for next year, and I kind of uh, briefly talked about it just in theory on one of the previous podcasts, but it was to add in like off season or like financial incentives for accomplishing like certain things right throughout the season. Yeah. So I, I was just trying to break down the amount that we have, like the total 1200. And if you can see it there again, this is kind of just spitballing how I would divide it out, but to make it Just to make it worthwhile for the, yes, the team that does score a ton of points to at least get some kind of financial incentive. Because the problem with the wild card idea, which I love, by the way, um, is is that when I first brought up the idea of like, okay, if we're going to have divisions, what if we were to do like division winners and then have like a wild card kind of situation? But then everyone's just like, fantasy is so random as it is that. You know, yeah. we we would rather just have a straight record. Divisions can mean something, um, but we have to find a different way for that to mean something. And that's where we got the whole like restricted free agency uh, kind of benefits and bonuses. And now, 
kind of to expand on that is where I wanted to bring in some of the financial incentives, right? So there, there would even be financial incentives. I think I listed here, right? So for best record for scoring champ, meaning that you had the the most points, right? And those, those would be, I, I listed them as 50 bucks each. So that's half of your, that's half of your buy-in prize, right? So even if you don't make the playoffs or whatever the case is, but you scored the most points, you at least get 50 bucks back. Uh, and, and then I also put one in as a pity, right? For if you had the toughest schedule, so no matter what your record was, you have the toughest schedule, you get 20 bucks. So again, I was just trying to break stuff down and just think of like fun, like little off season or, or not, you know, financial incentives or, or, or bonuses. Right. So for, if you make the playoffs, it'd be like 15 bucks a team. So, you know, there's, there's, there's just like these little added things to make it a little bit sweeter. Uh, and then I, I really wanted to, I really wanted to implement that whole, uh, promotion relegation system so that divisions would would matter a lot more in terms of like where you are and trying to get up higher so therefore like winning your division would have like a higher bonus right so not only would you get the rfa bonus but there'd be like a a financial bonus in there as well and again all of this is like again me spitballing but it's it's kind of like the the roundabout response to what you brought up uh, again, not, you and I can't make a decision right now. We'd have to bring this up in the offseason. Th- and I think it would be good or at least something to consider and experiment with. Not, I, and I'm not talking about the financial thing. I think that we can do – we can find a way to maybe implement both. Um, but I don't know. Toby, Toby, what are your thoughts on if we were to go to a situation? Because I think we, we are set now with three divisions for a while. I, I don't think yeah. that you know they're going to be changing the schedule around anytime soon. And I'm – I'm liking the way that the three division sets up like, you know, um, a single game with every other team and then two games with your uh, with your divisional rivals. But what would you think if we were to change the playoff format and have maybe division winners and then wild cards or maybe just the top two in each division, which actually maybe I don't like the way that sounds. Yeah, I kind of like it. It seems like a cool idea. I mean, I like Ashok's idea of having almost a you know, incentive for the person who scores the most. So maybe like a, I'm, I'm almost even thinking this is just off the cuff right now where the top two teams who score the most, you know, play that first first week, you know, instead of having the two buys, mm-hmm. like have them play instead and then have them decide like from there, you know, to, if they, whoever wins that matchup gets to proceed into the playoffs and after that. Um, something like that, that would mm. se- seem like an option, but I don't know. It's, it seems, uh, cause I, I'm thinking too, it's like you're, you're right, Zane, where it's just so random fantasy. And that's what you kind of like about fantasy too, is that you can score 50 points and your opponent can score 45 and still win that week. And it'd be like, <laughs> ha, suck it. <laughs> you know? Oh, we've seen that before. <laughs> yeah. It happened to me this past week against Nooney or two weeks ago or something yeah. like that. Um, but I like the incentive idea. The other thing that's cool about it, maybe you can even do something like where you have two separate pots, like one buy-in pot and like one pot where it's just like for incentives only. Um, so, you know, you can have like a split, you know, like champion in second place, and then you can use another pot for little incentives. Like you were talking about if people would be down for something like that. So the way that it's split out right now. Um, and if you saw that, like, so there's, there's, we get like 1200 bucks, right? There's 12 of us, hundred bucks. Yeah. Each. So the champion automatically gets half of that. And then a hundred goes to second place, meaning that they get their, their whatever back in. And then the rest of that is split out. Now, 
my thought process is if there is a chance for people to be earning back some of the money on like weekly bonuses or making the playoffs or division winner or whatever the case is, um, we we've hinted at it before, but there's never been a strong push for it. And I'm, I'm kind of okay either way if we wanted to raise the yearly buy-in, right? So essentially what you're talking about, right? Where we already have the buy-in and then add something on top of that where I'm just saying we just combine the whole thing. And instead of making it two separate, we just figure out what is everybody's buy-in? What is the total pot? And then how do we divvy that out? Okay. Just increase the buy-in then potentially doing something. That I mean, that's in that regard. That, that's a thought process. Again, everything here would just be ratioed out to whatever we increase it by. But, you know, I'm not, it's, it's money at the end of the day, so I'm not trying to like. <laughs> I don't know what what situation folks are in, and I don't. You know, I don't know. Even even though we're all at like a little bit more uh, advanced stage in our lives, hundred bucks is still hundred bucks. Which whatever, you know. I yeah, everybody's ideas on that, huh? No, I mean you're right. You don't want to make any assumptions like, oh, it's just a uh, hundred bucks, but. No. Exactly. I mean, somebody might somebody might want like uh, a nice bottle of wine or something instead. instead of, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, so I I, I like the idea, um, and I would I would really, I think it'd be really interesting to consider, you know, if we uh, again, I'm pushing like this this promotion and relegation thing, and then at the same time, I have this like gnawing feeling in the back of my head that I'm just like. Zane, this isn't soccer. Why are we trying to implement things? We try to follow the NFL as much as possible. So why do you care so much about this promotion relegation thing? So the other part of it is like, maybe we just have like locked divisions for like several years at a time or something. You know what I mean? Uh, Where again, part of it was just to create a little bit more divisional rivalry now that, and maybe, maybe part of the way that we do that is by having, uh, you know, division winners automatically locked in for the playoffs or something that, I don't know. I feel like we're gonna get we're gonna get a lot of interesting responses once we open it up to the rest of the league. So it'll be it'll be fun to see where that goes. Yeah, um, I mean, there's yeah. no right answer to any of these questions. Just whatever the consensus of the league will be. Exactly. Yeah, and that's a good point. Yeah. Go where that is. Well, so I guess one qu- other quick thing too with soccer, you know, when you're relegated, you're technically going to a league that doesn't have as much competition, you know, in that relegated league. Is that, is that that's what I, my understanding is correct. Mm-hmm. So in this case, you know, you, we're getting relocated to a silver division, you know, anything can happen in fantasy is, is guess that's kind of what I'm getting at. So the silver league could potentially be better than the gold league. And so really, is it relegating? You know what I'm saying? Like, and then what are you, you're incentivizing them at a lesser pot for potentially a better league that the silver league could be. Like at the moment, the gold league could be better, but when you relegate the following year, correct? Like, isn't that? Oh no, you're what we're trying to you're get absolutely at? right. Yeah. I, so the system that I'm I'm proposing is is imperfect, and I'm I'm well aware of that. Uh, I, <laughs> my, so the the biggest reason for the promotion relegation, outside of me just wanting to make this as complicated as possible, is is the <laughs> fact that I I just like the idea of. Um, you know, just having teams kind of fight for something towards the end, right? So granted, granted, you know, now we're in the final week, so you're now two games behind, like Toby, for you, you're two games behind uh, the next person in your division, so there's no chance of you, like, catching them, right? So at this point, right. it's, yeah, but we're also at the last week of the season, so I, I don't expect people to tank. We, we 
don't have that kind of spirit here. Or we don't have anybody who's going to like do that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm open to ideas. Again, it just popped into my head. And at the same time, I got this, I got this devil on my left shoulder being like, yo, this is, so- this is football, American football, not <laughs> soccer. So why, why are you so yeah. hot on this idea? But uh, it's, it was more so just to figure out how do, how do we incentivize or disincentivize tanking? Because one of the things that like, <laughs> as Kamish was so difficult to see, and it's funny because like I, I even participated in it, right? Especially when I was so fresh away with my team, where it's just like, hey guys, fire sale at my team, right? Like, I don't know. What's <laughs> but, and it's just like, I, I, I was doing that out of frustration, but I also just didn't like the fact that it was happening left and right and, and not, not targeted at anybody specifically, but I'm just like, how do we, you know, how do we get to a point where where we don't do that. And part of it was that like, maybe the way that I was thinking about it in the future, I'm just like, maybe we just don't know what the implications are this year. Everybody was just getting rid of players left and right. And I wonder if in like two, three years, it's like, Oh, I kind of wish I had like held on to him or I kind of wish I had done whatever because, um, you know, an interesting conversation that I, I believe I had with Kieran and maybe Nardo was, this is the first season now that we've been through like a full cycle. And for me, full cycles for players are like four to six years, right? Because you can sign a player for three years, uh, for a three-year contract when you draft them, and then you can franchise them. So that's a maximum of four years before they go back to the draft pool, or you can give them an RFA to extend it up to six years, and then they go back to the draft pool. So we we hit that four-year kind of transition, right? We've done four off-seasons now. And I feel like a lot of people were coming out of these contracts, didn't have amnesties left, and were just like, oh shit, my cap, my cap situation sucks. I don't know if I want to sign. Like, there was not as much like balls to the walls offers on the RFAs. And I was just like, that's everybody learning a lesson from before. So what are the lessons that we're gonna learn from like this season where everyone's trying to like, you know, do a fire sale? Are we gonna learn something in a couple of years? So it, it was just it's just fascinating to kind of see the evolution of the league and the thinking. See. I don't think the fire cell is actually a problem at all. And specifically because we're like a keeper slash dynasty league, like like somebody doing a fire sale, if they're like towards the bottom of the league, it's a give and take. They're improving their team for next year. Mm-hmm. So I, I truthfully, I don't see an issue with that. Right. And it's, as long as it's not collusion, right. Everybody has an opportunity to go to the fire sale and you know, they, they can choose, the whoever's like selling can get the best offer for their players that they want to, mm-hmm. you know, um, cast off. Um, and actually, th- I, yeah, I don't, I guess I don't consider it a problem in our league. Um, because the idea is like, okay, if you don't have a chance to win this year, make, make your team better this next year. And that is something that is, um, involved in the NFL. If we're, if like, yeah. that's the model we're going for. Uh, valid, Valid point. I um, it's it's weird because I know I was just saying the opposite, but I I do agree with you. <laughs> I do agree with <laughs> with where you're coming from. That there shouldn't be there shouldn't be anything wrong with it. I I think I think what I'm trying to wrap my my head around and get the the thoughts organized into words is the idea that as a league, I don't know that we're mature enough yet to understand the pricing impacts. Uh, and implications around it, right? So, so I agree. So, I guess. Wait, 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 Zane. I think the only person that doesn't realize that is Rishi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also fair, fair. The part of the issue is, is right, like the NFL or whatever sports league, they have like a CBA, which 
these are the rules until mm-hmm. the CBA r- runs out. Part of the issue with our league, which I think is kind of fun, and we just adds like you said, we're always adding new wrinkles. We had sure. the amnesty. Yep. Now we get rid of the amnesty. We can do descending contracts now. Um, the RFA process came in. Like there's there's different there's different tweaks every year, and so. <laughs> Um, I, I just think there's always going to be a little bit of a, like some people will like pursue different strategies, right? Like Rishi took, um, one of his good strategies was that he bet hard on like rookies slash like young receivers three years mm-hmm. ago. So I think he had like Cortland Sun, Calvin Ridley, Mike Williams, all for like one, six, 11, um, and somebody else too. I forget. Um, I think Jerry Judy, I took Jerry Judy from. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so he started the season. Yep. Like that was a good pick by him. And then yeah. this year he decides to go all in kind of all in on the chargers and he's, you know, competing for a playoff spot, but it's, you know, I, I, I just like the idea that people can go do different strategies and, you know, I, I think the actual, the amount of transactions and trading is a, I think just a benefit for the league, the more interaction and the more things that are happening, usually the better, for, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree. That's how I see it too, Ashok. The more activity and, you know, it creates community too within the league too as well. I'm like texting people who I wouldn't normally talk to and just trying to get through a deal. <laughs> so I, I personally think it's fun. Damn, I see how it is, Toby. <laughs> <laughs> Toby would never text me, but he's just like, hey, what do you want for this guy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's not the question, Zane. Answer also, the question. Also, how's your family doing? But how, what do you want for this guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the the main reason I'm calling um it's actually about this player. <laughs> uh well Ashok, I, I actually think that was a that was a fantastic point. If I um if if my mind wasn't changed before, I guess it is now. Because I think you you put uh you put it right on the what is it, hammer on the nail, whatever you want to call it. As long as there's no collusion, which I guess I'm never I was never actually worried about because I think there's a little too much pride here that you know, nobody yeah. would be like, hey, like, like the last thing I want to ever find out is someone's like, hey, let me trade you this guy. I'll give him to you for like two bucks less. But if you win, you give me X percent of whatever. Right. Like, but I don't think anybody here would do that. So. Right. No. Okay. <laughs> yes. Correct. Commissioner. OK. Oh, to be on. honest, there was a little point where Nardo and I were colluding a little bit, it. but. I knew it. See, this is what then this the is pride what, came we, in. I, I wanted to get I wanted to get Toby on the podcast because I heard about this. And so now we have it in audio format. Evidence is here. <laughs> no, tell me about this. Tell me about this collusion. Because now I now the comments has to come in and slap down some fines. <laughs> Honestly, it was probably the best thing for Nardo that he didn't take Saquon because Saquon has just been a piece of crap this year. Yeah. It's just a continued Saquon curse, Zane. Oh, I take I him know. from you. I, I didn't want to say anything, Toby. Injury yeah. after injury. I yeah, to, so. to to be honest, even though it would have broken my heart, I I I didn't want him to be bad for you. <laughs> I just <laughs> it would it would have made me so envious of the fact that like oh he sucked while he was with me. But it just it just sucks, man. Just as a football fan, like you know, this guy is a he's super talented. Yeah, man. super talented. Is just he can't can't seem to stay on the field, which is which is rough. Yep. Um, hopefully for next year. Hopefully for next year. Well, okay. So so why don't we transition now? So to talking about 
off-season plans. <laughs> We're not even done. We're not even in the postseason yet. Uh, but as as uh, we had talked about, so Toby, uh, we you are already looking forward to next year. As it currently stands, I'm I'm sitting outside of the playoffs. Uh, so while I'm not thinking about it yet, it's definitely it's definitely something that I know that I'll have to be thinking about sooner rather than later. It'll either be next week or in like three weeks from now or whenever <laughs> whenever that happens. And then, you know, Ashok is in the fifth spot, but nothing's guaranteed. So we'll start with you, Toby. I'm looking at your team right now. And for 2022, as it currently stands, and I apologize if I get any of this wrong, because I, I believe I had updated everything, but just in case I missed something on the trades for following years. You got four players currently signed to next year. You got Hopkins coming in at 59 bucks. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Barkley is your is your highest prize or highest player paid uh, with 65 bucks, and he's actually signed for the next two years. And then you got Hopkins at 59. So those two guys right there, eating up almost uh, almost half of your salary cap. Uh, to go along with that, you got Jerry Judy on a one year deal as well as Trey Sermon. So how how are you feeling about these guys? How are you feeling about the decisions that you made? We don't have any amnesties available coming up next year, and I don't know what the owners' meeting will bring in terms of, you know, uh, what is that called? Paying off players or like, uh, you know, sixty percent salary, whatever it is, to cut a player. So I don't know, and I don't even know if that would take effect next year. But just assuming that you don't have any way of getting rid of these players outside of trades, yeah, how are you feeling about that roster, and where are you going to focus? I mean. To be honest, right now, pretty shitty. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I <laughs> I'm just hoping that you know my star players will actually play like stars. So I came into this year thinking Saquon was going to take some time, and he would be a back of the end, you know, end of the year type of player mm-hmm. that could tech, hopefully push me into the playoffs. So if I was at the cusp, you know, he would be a more star player at this point and take me forward but it just didn't happen and that's fantasy football you know you just never know what's going to happen you know for instance for your team you know derrick henry yeah you would have thought he would have you know rode you to the playoffs but shit happens uh so i haven't been following hopkins how how is hopkins doing this year or how did he do this year so he was doing okay and then he got hurt um he hurt his hamstring so he's one of those aging wide receivers who's still super talented that I think if I can get him back to where he's at least a, you know, when he's healthy, I think he's a top 10 wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Same thing, you know, Saquon is a, a top three running back. I think when he's healthy, um, personally, that's just my personal opinion. I don't know what you guys think of like how it ranks, but there's not many who's uber talented, like Saquon yeah. who can catch the ball, um, who when he's healthy, the ball goes through him, you know, that's the offense. So, th- I mean, that's my hope. And I, I, I did trade Robert Woods, so I was happy about that. I was able to offload a lot of that contract to Rishi. Um, I picked up Jerry Judy, who was like a, a lot cheaper. Um, so I, I think I'm okay with things. Yeah. You know, I, I'm going to try to see if I can do some finagling, okay. colluding <laughs> over the offseason. Hopefully I don't get fined by Zane, but... <laughs> I'm, I'm so I'm looking at our teams right now, and I feel like it's it's interesting because I feel like Hopkins and uh, Barkley have been two players that you and I have shared pretty much the entirety of this league. 
because I, I had Hopkins that one year he took me to the championship and he's been with you now but essentially for four years. Yeah. Right. Correct. Or, next year will be the fourth year of the contract, I believe. Cause you signed him. I mean, he's just, yeah. you signed him in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you signed him in 2019 in the, tw- or you, you drafted him in the 2019 draft and I had just franchised him the year before. So he'd gone to the draft. And then after that one year where you paid a stupid amount, $74 for him. That was insane. I hope he was worth it that year. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I don't know. I, you know, so, so, some of fantasy football. Oh yeah, yeah no, I get I, it. I think Ashok has messed it. Ashok has mentioned this too. It's like when you have this impression of a mind of who you enjoy seeing to play yeah, yeah. and who you want to do, and you're just rooting for a player. Absolutely. I was a huge Hopkins fan. He's just a freak of nature. Just his ball skills are just so amazing, oh, and so I, I just love cheering for the guy. I was like, I don't care what I have to spend. I just you, want him on my team. Well, you know what's interesting is that Hopkins. Hopkins has. Uh, <laughs> As a player in our league, Hopkins has not won a, uh, a championship yet. He's been there three times, once with me and twice with you. And he hasn't won. Oh, man. So he's carried teams, but he just can't He just can't win the final one. Can't Sorry, I looked like you were going to say yeah. something. Yeah, I think, well, the benefit for you, Toby, with Hopkins is that, yeah, he gets another year to get healthy. But also, he has a very good quarterback. Like, um, I, I don't watch like the entirety of the Bears games for my mental well being, but oh, I, I did you. see the beautiful touch pass on fourth down that Murray just threw to Hopkins and he just just perfectly nestled in, in his outstretched arms. And I was like, wow, that's <laughs> that's what a number one QB and number one receiver look like. Just like I mean, isn't it just insane. nice to see an offense every once in a while? It was beautiful. I was yeah. like, oh just one day, maybe one day we can have that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's when Hopkins thing. move, he looks effortless to me. Yeah. He's just an effortless looking player that just has super uncanny ability to, you know, use his body to catch balls. So yeah, is he? It's uh, he probably is the best like ball winner in the NFL. I will say, like Devontae, Stefan mm-hmm. Diggs, they're like probably better route runners, but nobody goes up and gets so, yeah. it like like Nook. That's right. Yeah, no, I, I would say he's still, and from just from a skills position, not necessarily fantasy. He's he's one of the most fun receivers to watch in the league, and now he's got a QB who can light it up with him. Yeah, the only disadvantage in that offense, like they don't really, you know, with the Packers, it's Rodgers to Defante. That's their offense. Yeah, you know, it, it's either that's that's what they go through, like design the play for Rodgers to go to Devonte at like ninety percent of the time. Yeah, but with uh, uh, you know the Cardinals, they spread the ball a lot, which it's great and all, but sucks for me as a fantasy <laughs> owner. I'm like, damn it, just throw him the damn ball. Like every time you see a touchdown, you're like, ah, oh, dang it, not my guy. Yeah. Oh man. Um. All right, Ashok. Let's let's take a look at your team now. I know I know you're like heavy in playoff mode, but uh, just since we're doing a little roster deep dives for 2022, you got five players rostered up. The only one that you've extended to. Uh, more than just next year is Kyler Murray and Kyler Murray. You got him for 13 bucks next year, which I feel like is, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to say steal, but definitely a desirable price. Uh, to round that out, you got Amari Cooper, Kyle Pitts, Josh Jacobs, and Chase Claypool. And all of these guys are taking up only $82, meaning that you, you still have 168 bucks to spend next year on, yeah. on building out a roster. And I feel like, 
I feel like with what you have, you have an awesome, you basically have a number one in each of the categories, right? You got a QB, you got a wide receiver, you got a running back, and you got a tight end, a decent tight end. So yeah. I guess I'm a little envious of, of where you're at going yeah. into next year. What, what are you focusing on, though? Have you, if you start thinking ahead in terms of like, and maybe we can talk kind of meta strategy here, whatever it is you feel like sharing uh, yeah. with the group. No, at least right now, my thought. Well, actually, I don't have Chase Claypool because I traded him to Gibson. Um, ah, for my Dan first, Hill. and I'm shot, yeah. sure not my only mistake. No, because y- you have the trade in the um, in the other spreadsheet, uh, so it's there. Yeah, so sorry, I have it in 2021. I need to carry that over to 2022. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and Thanks then for me know. I'll be very honest. Uh, I will be looking. Uh, pub- public service announcement. I'll be looking to offload Amari Cooper as soon as possible. <laughs> like I try, I don't know. I somehow attracted all of the co the COVID de- or COVID vaccine deniers to my team like flies, but like, I, I, it's I, funny I, because you were actively avoiding them. I tried so hard. <laughs> like I, I, I mean, cause right. The NFL doesn't publish a list. So like, I just did a quick Google. I'm like, ah, it doesn't see anything. Like it'd be like Amari Cooper or like Josh Allen vaccine. Mari Cooper vaccine, like nothing came up. So I was like, okay, well, I'll take a chance. And uh, like, it sucked, right? He was out the last two weeks um, because of COVID protocols. He came back um, and was a shell of himself in the last game. And so it's just like, right, not only is it the, like, my subjective, like, feeling of these people, but like, it actively hurt my team. When yeah. like he's not there for the stretch run and like actively compromised, um, so that's that. Um, the one thing I have liked that I did not expect is that Josh Jacobs they actually uh, throw the ball to now, and now that we have half PPR, yeah, that is uh, that is actually like the value I'm like thinking will hopefully carry on to next year mm-hmm. um, in terms of my roster, and then. Um, I don't know. I like like some people. I think like probably Amar would be like the best example. Is like the stars and scrub approach. Like he pays high for Mahomes, pays high for Kamara. I think he has Kittle on his team this year as well. Yeah, um, and then he just kind of fills in. And then like you know he hit a home run with like Jamar Chase and things like that. Um, I don't trust myself like to bet big on some people. So I would I'd rather go with like the like a bunch of mid tier people. So it, most likely that would be my strategy next year. Um, and so it just depends, um, because also like just having depth is like so important. Like Kieran got super lucky that James Conner just happens to score. I think he has like 14 touchdowns already this year. Um, because otherwise that like really would have sunk his team. Um, and I don't know how much you can count on drafting like the number one and number two receiver in fantasy football. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I prefer to like do the Bill Belichick approach, spread it out, and just kind of hope you hit hit on a few. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, in talking to Kieran, and uh, I don't know that this strategy is necessarily something that he kept under wraps because he shared it with me. So, Kieran, sorry, I'm about to share your strategy out here. <laughs> but I, I was actually intrigued by it, where he said that he he didn't care about depth. He wanted to get players that he knew he was going to start week in and week out and never have the issue of should I start this guy or that guy. And uh, the problem that I've always had with going like stars and scrubs is the fact that there are so many times where I'm just like, ah, shoot, should have started this guy. Ah, shoot, should have started this guy. And 
I don't know. I kind of appreciated that like lack of decision making energy that it takes, and it's worked out well for him. Obviously, this year. Um, although, although I I will say that I, I feel like his team outside of McCaffrey has gotten lucky by not getting hit too badly by the injury or um, or COVID bugs. But yeah, Kieran, if you don't want me to share that, sorry. I mean. <laughs> I I still think there's a way to do it. Like, I feel like I haven't had to think too much about my roster decisions. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's like Kyler Murray, Kyle Pitts, Jonathan Taylor all day. And then like my toss up is like, um, Josh Jacobs or Elijah Mitchell. And then honestly, my receiver choices have like, everybody's always injured. So it's just like, I, who are the three healthy guys usually? So um, I think there's a way to do it where you can still build depth, but like not like always like second guess yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, it's all about yeah. just taking like some flyers, like towards the end. Like I picked up like, Eno Benjamin just on the off chance that James Conner would get injured. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, it didn't happen, but you know, it, it's fine to stash him, stash him on the bench for like a couple weeks. And then yeah. Like that. Did you guys did you guys do a lot of that? Was there any any planning ahead in terms of grabbing guys to potentially use for RFA or well, I guess franchise you'd have to keep them on the bench the entire year. But um I I don't have those I don't have those uh end of season rosters ready just yet. Obviously I'll start putting that together for teams that are out of the playoffs and you know, subsequent weeks whenever teams get knocked out. But um you know, Toby is there anyone that you're looking at? And I guess you don't have to share it if it's Although we can't really do anything about it. <laughs> so I don't know if there's anyone that you were thinking about, not not confirmed, but even just like, oh, this is a guy I might consider. Or how do you, how do you go about thinking about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I try to find certain players that I think that are undervalued or not utilized that I'll pick up for fairly cheap that I could RFA or you know do something with at the end of the year. Um, like I honestly thought, when I picked up Khalil Herbert, I was pretty happy with that pickup. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I had a chance there to potentially, if David Montgomery was going to be out longer, I was like, I think this guy has some talent that I could keep, you know, for cheap going forward there. So that was somebody I was thinking about, but I don't know. It's, it's pretty hard. Honestly, I, I usually just look at it at the end of the year. Who's like the healthy guy that I think there's some potential to mm-hmm. that I could, continue with usually personally I, I look at the tight ends like right now dalton schultz is somebody that's like a high targeted tight end that i think you know he has a potential good future with dallas so i, I like looking at these like underutilized tight ends that i could potentially get for cheap going forward gotcha yeah for, for me mac jones i got him for a dollar uh, during the draft Very and nice. he's been, he's, yeah. he's taken up a valuable spot on my roster and I've had zero intentions of starting him this season since I had both, uh, Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield, who I felt would always perform better. But I don't know. I was just one of those, like if he's does well under Bill Belichick, I'm not going to sign him to a deal this year, but you know, if he did really well and there was like, you know, a lot of potential and it, th- I think they're on a seven game win streak right now. Not that he's like throwing lights out or anything, <laughs> 
But uh, three passes, huh? Three passes. Three passes last I game, know. <laughs> Who was it? Kieran that was just like, is this box score right? Has he only thrown one time <laughs> in the first half? Um, yeah, I mean, well, if you saw that game, then uh, then yeah, you knew exactly what was happening and why I was yeah. crying in my bathroom. But uh, <laughs> Josh Allen, <laughs> just throw the damn ball, man. You got an arm. Just just throw. Okay, yeah. so let's let's move on past that. But yeah, so so you know, my example would have been. Mac Jones and I, you know I don't know what I'm going to do with him but at this point I'm obviously not going to drop him I'll just hang on to him for this and you know if there's some good news coming out next year I could always slap the franchise tag on him in case um, nobody else is eligible but yeah so I okay as, Go ahead. real quick yeah. as, a, as a quick side I just, I'm just curious what your guys thoughts are what's your thoughts like the value of a quarterback I always go back and forth with this, you know, because I feel like there's like a certain set number of quarterbacks that set themselves apart from the rest. But then after like the first couple, then it just becomes like a, it's a crapshoot every yeah. week. Yeah. It's like they, they'll score between 20 to 30 points. Um, it could be, you know, even Kirk cousins who I think is just useless. I don't know why I hate Kirk, <laughs> Kirk cousins, but he, he'll put up like 25 points. So, and you know, you don't have to spend a lot for him. You can literally just pick him up, you know, off of free agency some years, uh, to fill in your, your roster spot. So how do you guys value the quarterback spot? Sure. you want to take this first? Yeah. I mean, for me, I need my quarterback to have some sort of running ability because I mean, the two prime examples are Jalen hurts and Taysom Hill. And then to a lesser degree, mm-hmm. Cam Newton, because they are not good quarterbacks, but they're <laughs> fantasy gold, yeah. completely mm-hmm. right. Um, whereas, like Kirk Cousins is actually like a better passer, like much better passer than all of them. But like in terms of the fantasy value and real life NFL value, it just does not um, correlate. That's why, like, I take I'll take a chance on like Daniel Jones because for all his faults, for all the terrible like uh running of that organization in new york he's an athletic dude who can like potentially get you like 80 yards and a touchdown on on just on just the running alone um and so that's why i had him on like my team for like i had him sign him to a two-year deal because i took a chance did not work out obviously um so it's just like there's so few quarterbacks who can just get you fantasy points with um, like just passing. So it's like Stafford and Tom Brady. That's about it. I don't I don't know who else comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, everybody yeah. else has adds value on the ground. Um, and as long as our scoring system stays the way it is, it's not going mm-hmm. to change really. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't necessarily focus on quarterbacks that run, but just to your broader point, Toby, I would say, I don't know if it's just for me. It feels like it's league wide that quarterbacks seem to be very underrated. I feel like uh, I feel like running backs are overrated because they don't seem to score. Like unless you have an absolute stud that you know is going to get handed the ball thirty times a, a game, uh, you know, a lot of times it's it's a, a lot of these. Even I would say like running backs in the top ten end up being a crapshoot, right? Whereas you could have quarterbacks with the way the league is and how much the you know the the passing game has just evolved in the past decade or two um 
yeah, I don't know. Quarterbacks just seem quarterbacks, and therefore, you know, by extension, kind of tangentially related to that, wide receivers are just throwing up some lights out numbers sometimes. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I think your analysis in the sense that, you know, there's there's certain quarterbacks that are absolutely game changing, right? Like the the Mahomes. And I would I would even throw Kyler Murray into a certain extent, Josh Allen into that yeah. sometimes, right? Outside of last mm-hmm. week. But um, you know, I to me, I got I got lucky because I was just kind of messing around bidding on Josh Allen this year. I think if I had I, if, if I had had my way and used Baker Mayfield as I had originally planned, and I my my issue, and th- this is an issue that I'm really trying to get over with fantasy, is I have this buyer's remorse, right? I'll sign a player for X amount of years, and it's just like oh, he's on my team. I got to use him, <laughs> right? So I signed <laughs> I signed Mayfield and and Saquon to that you know three year deals uh, several seasons ago, and it's just like all right, I'm gonna ride these guys for the next three years. And this is the first year where it was just, or, you know, a- after two years of me finishing last or next to last, I was like, I-, I had to emotionally let go of Saquon, which ended up being great for Henry in the first part of the season. And then getting Josh Allen was like, oh, okay, I wasn't expecting this, but I'll take it, right? And I thankfully I had the cap space for it. So it worked out and put me in a position where at least I'm fighting for a playoff spot because I was not, not going to throw the towel in the season, but I-, I did not have high hopes going in. Uh, I I was going to use up my amnesty and see where things would get me, but obviously the Henry trade changed things a lot, and then obviously the Henry injury changed things right back. So I, I don't know. I feel like quarterbacks, if you if you have one of the top tier, and I don't I don't even know how many there are. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say like you know a, a top five quarterback, like you know the guys that you know are going to consistently throw um, you know 30 passes a game or whatever it is, and, and get their touchdowns, get their scores. Yeah, I, I that will probably be a focus for me moving forward, wanting to lock up someone for a longer period of time that I know will have the ability to score week in and week out and get the ball in his hands for important situations or have a coach that doesn't believe in punting or kicking field goals. So, all right. Ashok, you got anything? Sorry. Yeah, hey. sorry. I was just looking at things. Um, You're good. The one thing I th- that... You said like they're not as valued. I think the part of the well, not the problem. The reason they're not valued as much is that you can only start one, mm, and yep. and so even if like not everybody rosters two quarterbacks, and even if you do, there's always a chance you can pick up like a Kirk Cousins or let me see who, yeah, like Carson Wentz. You know who can put up Tyler Heineke, who can put up these big numbers like they may not get they're not going to get you like 30 to 35 consistently by any stretch but it's reasonable for them like in a pinch that they can put up 25 to 27 mm-hmm. and that'll get you just enough and that's why it's a little less valued um um year in and year and then the, the second thing is is that it seems like most quarterbacks get injured at least part of the year now like unless you're tom brady but everybody else <laughs> Um, I, I was just looking. Tom Brady has the most fantasy points out of quarterbacks. Does he really? Who's number two? Herbert. So 342 points for Brady. Herbert is 324. Any guesses for the next couple after that? Uh, um, I'm looking, is Kyler so Murray I, up there? He is... Where is he? So he was hurt for a oh, while, too. Okay. 
What about where's yeah, Josh so Allen he's, at? He's not. He's three. Oh, Josh Allen is three. Okay, so Josh Allen just two points behind uh, Herbert. Literally carrying my season. Uh, you know, I I guess I gotta give it give Rishi some credit because Herbert was nowhere near my radar. Granted, I I wasn't really looking for a quarterback, but just wasn't even. I, I wasn't even giving the Chargers a second thought, so it's just funny to see yeah, how well they've I, actually done. I had Herbert, and uh, I liked him a lot too, but he was giving me so much money for free money next year, so I just, yeah, I, I just took it. Yeah. Well, here, okay, so let's let's do uh, let's let's do something different because I, I was gonna I was gonna transition into talking about like position changes, but I feel like people we 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 talked about that in depth, or at least other folks have talked about it in depth. I don't know if you guys had any thoughts on adding flex positions or a second quarterback or anything like that. I, yeah, I don't know if there's anything you want to share, but if not, then we can move on to looking at some, 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 well, there's two things I want. There's two things I want to chat about and then we can wrap up. But if there's a trade or transaction this year that you regret or love, and then we'll go on to some, (laughs) uh, some COVID stuff. Who wants to go first? Ashok, you want to go first? Uh, Are we just talking about in general or just from us? Yeah, no, no. Uh, um, it, for you specifically, um, just yeah. kind of like doing a, a recap of your season and being like, is there? I guess not necessarily a trade, but was there a transaction at some point that changed the course of your season or an injury or something like that? Um, I don't know. I don't think there was anything. The only like the big trade I had was before the season with Nunchadai when I we. I mean, I still think it was a fair thing and. It was AJ Brown. I got AJ Brown. He got Antonio Gibson. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, actually both of them have been kind of disappointing for us. Like AJ Brown did okay for like a few weeks and then he's been injured. Um, and then Antonio Gibson had like the stress fracture and then somehow he's just running more and more <laughs> and <laughs> it's not affecting him at all apparently. Um, so it's <laughs> nice to see him doing. Cause actually um, that was like, I really like Antonio Gibson and it was actually a tough trade for me to pull because I was just like, um, I'm giving up a guy who could be literally be a top two, top three running back this season in my eyes. Um, and then, but I was like, I need, I just need a wide receiver one. Cause I just had a bunch of wide receiver twos. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we felt it was a good trade for both of us, but, um, didn't really work out for either of us. Cause I knew I ended up trading Gibson and, Right now, AJ Brown's just chilling on my IR, <laughs> just waiting. Yeah, well, you know, AJ Brown did start the season on my roster, so I feel like oh. I dodged a bullet there. <laughs> I tried to trade him to Nudie initially. What about you, Toby? Was there was there a, a trade that broke your season? Ah, uh, that broke my season, but I was really happy to offload Robert Woods. That was uh, pretty. Yeah unfortunate and hilarious at the same time robert woods tears his acl you know i save a whole bunch of cap space too so i was fairly happy about that whole situation how that played out um sucks for rishi so (laughs) unfortunately um and then i did like my uh draft pick for michael carter williams i did I, i did like him when he was actually healthy i thought he was really turning a corner towards the end of the year with the, the Jets. They're really focusing on getting him the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, then he got hurt, unfortunately. But um, that was one pick I was fairly happy about that I that I had for a little bit. And Khalil Herbert, too, for a while, he kind of saved my mid-end mid of the year 
Uh, I didn't really have any running back since Trey Sermon was a complete bust yeah. and Saquon was complete <laughs> all idiots. <laughs> oh man, fantasy injuries never never get old. Pain, yeah, this I thing know. never goes away. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So I feel like I'm in a in a unique position here. Maybe the podcast is in a unique position here. We got we got two physicians in the house. Um, so I, w- I want to get a little bit more out there, uh, looking to the future. So looking at COVID and looking at COVID affecting the NFL, uh, obviously we've seen it still be significant this year. And we're talking uh, okay. So this is not to make light of COVID and the real the real, uh, the real, you know, issues that it's causing. Um, we are just focusing on the fantasy implications. So last year, uh, you know, there was potential for games to be canceled and I don't know if, was there, was there one game that got canceled or was it just, no, they they were able to reschedule everything. Okay. So this year we still have, I would say, I mean, it's significant amount of players and the caliber of players that have missed time due to COVID and missed, missed games. Um, I don't know what the number or percentage is, but I will say that it's significant enough that it's affecting, you know, the way that teams are managing their rosters. So looking ahead to next year, obviously we have, you know, different variants and things like that. Just trying to get your perspective coming in from the medical space. If there's anything that you could share again, I mean, for life in general, but you know, we'll, we'll try to keep it fantasy related just to keep it light somewhat. Um, and where you think we'll be in say nine months when the next season starts, if, if you believe that the NFL would still be in a situation where COVID would be something that would keep a player out, or if the vaccines and boosters are going to be to a, uh, or if herd immunity will be to a certain extent where, you know, this isn't going to affect the, the NFL and fantasy football next year. But you know, you, you guys are kind of on the front line. So first of all, appreciate everything you do. But uh, I don't know, Toby. You want to oh, take it thank first? Thank you. Oh, that's so sweet of you, Zane. Yeah, man. You guys <laughs> are the real heroes, and I'm not just saying that. I appreciate that. Uh, so, personally, I don't think this is going away, COVID. Um, and I think the NFL. I think compared to other leagues, personally, I, I think the NBA. I would say it's up to par with the. NFL as far as trying to mitigate COVID and, you know, at least do whatever they can to allow the season to go on. So I'm always optimistic and I try to think that, yeah, at some point this is all going to get better. We won't have to be discussing this, but it just seems like month to month, there's always this new variant that we have to be mindful of. So I think that's always going to be in the background because they're just worried about these mutations that are occurring with COVID that we're always going to be discussing it. And because of that, we're going to always have to quarantine or, you know, discuss like, uh, you know, policies where a player is going to have to be out for a period of time. Mm -hmm. So I think for next year, it's probably going to still continue from there. You know, the, the hope is that potentially COVID would become something that isn't as harmful to us and where we don't have to take on all of these uh, measures to uh, ensure that people aren't getting hospitalized and dying from it. Um, So I think next year, for sure, it's still going to be going on. There's going to be more discussions about all of this too, but um, I think generally 
I'm the optimistic one where I think eventually this is going to change. Uh, it's just hard to say right now. I don't know what you think, Ashok, what's, what your thoughts are. Yeah, I mean, like you were saying, I think the idea is that the COVID becomes something we live with. I, like, I agree. I don't think it's ever going away. Um, I mean, the idea, right, with the vaccines is to turn it into a illness that's far less harmful to the most of the population, reducing hospitalizations. And like as callous as it is to say it, like I think what we're like, cause I think we all will like everybody in the world is craving and like trying to get back to normalcy. And if we get it to a, like a flu level where, you know, like the flu kills and I'm like speaking roughly here, like 20 to 60,000 people a year in America. That's what I read. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. Nope. Right. Nobody bats an eye at all. And so if it gets to that level, um, I think th- like then we'll like, um, I, until then I think the protocols will probably still stay in place. Um, because it's, it's kind of interesting to see, cause I know there was, I, I know of two people specifically in the NFL. There's a guy named Tommy Sweeney on the bills and then Ryquel Armstead on the Jaguars they got COVID early on and they, they were like in and out of the hospital, like with myocarditis, um, like shortness of breath, like, and like their entire seasons were gone. And I, I, I haven't looked, I don't know how they're doing this year or even if they're on rosters or it just derailed their careers. So it definitely has really real implications for like young, like healthy athletes. Um, I think my biggest issue is just like, if the NFL wants people to get the vaccines, they need to make the incentive slash or the disincentive of not getting a vaccine so punitive that, you know, it dissuades people. And the other thing they need to do as evidenced by the Antonio Brown situation is like, they just can't trust the players or people, unfortunately, because they're just going to do whatever to get by. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, they need to mandate that it has to be at like a team facility. Um, getting the vaccine or like some other trusted source at a league office. Um, yeah. but cause I think that's like, what's the most disheartening situation for me? Like where people are just like getting fake vaccine cards, trying to just get by. Um, and you know, whereas like, like, uh, like, and then like Aaron Rodgers. well, even Aaron Rodgers, he still was following the unvaccinated rules, at least inside the, um, facility apparently same thing with Kirk cousins. So, so to some degree, like I respect their position and mm-hmm. if like they're, you know, they're like, no, I don't want that, but I will follow the rules to protect myself and other people around me, you know, during this pandemic, whereas people like Antonio Brown and like, <clears throat> whoever the other guys were like, you know, that's just being dishonest and like, yeah. like it's just like a lack of character, which we already knew from him, but this kind of speaks to it. It wasn't shocking when I heard that. No. I'm like, of course he would do that. Yeah. No, but the problem is his talent will win out. Tom Brady likes yeah. him. He'll be back for the playoffs. Yep. Yeah, I mean that that was. There's there's a there's a difference. There's a huge difference between like you know stating your opinion and respectfully disagreeing, and then and then going through and and lying uh, very blatantly about something and creating a, a fake card. So, yeah. oh, um, one other, yeah. sorry, one other thing. Go ahead. They also they also need to like actually implement like proper protocols 
because I heard like Amari Cooper, he tested positive, missed like quarantined for 10 days. But he was still like they they said like yeah he's like coughing he's back at work but I'm like if he's still coughing symptomatically like, <laughs> you should not be there like potentially infecting everybody else um, he's okay <laughs> I was just like well you heard Amari Cooper he was like well why can't I play with a night when I have COVID and I'm like well that shows you just how you know the level of their concern of the whole thing is he probably did show up to work and was just infecting everybody else. It's like, you get a little COVID, you get COVID, you get COVID. <laughs> it's like, hey, you want to play catch? I'm going to cough on the ball. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, well, we're, we're not going to get uh, political on the podcast. I was just trying to get, well, I, I, yeah, go ahead. You no, know, I, I, honestly, though, I, I think it is to the point where it is politicized. Mm-hmm. And so that's my other issue that although if like death rates and hospitalizations decline, I just have this feeling that because of the political climate, they're still going to make it an issue and say, these are the the stances that we have um, because of of this issue. And so it's always going to be something in the background that they're talking or they'll have protocols, you know, for this Mm -hmm. in place. So that's my only concern because I I think in general, when I even look at COVID, I'm not trying to be callous either, but the death rates and hospitalizations are fairly low. Um, and so at a certain point, everybody is just going to get hit with it. It's just, you can't ignore the fact that this Omicron thing, Delta thing, you know, you're going to be encountered with it at some point. Um, so we're, you're going to have to deal with it at some point at some level. And you hope that the vaccine is just going to be enough to ensure that you don't have complications with it. Um, you know, the, the rate of hospitalization or complications is like less than 1%. So, and the vaccine just drops that astronomically even lower than that. So mm-hmm. that's my concern is just the, the political climate is just going to make this an issue going forward. Yeah, no, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right about that. I, just the whole virus itself has become extremely politicized. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I was just, I was just trying to think of <laughs> what the next season would look like because I, it's, you know, okay, from a from a commission, just fantasy football perspective, which is where I'm trying to keep this, and I I appreciate you guys trying to lay the gravity of the situation, and um, it, we we've had to make uh, you know significant changes or rules at least two years ago. This past year, I feel like we we kind of settled into our <clears throat> excuse me, we kind of settled into a a mindset of like, all right, if they get COVID, then like we're just going to follow whatever you know the league determines, and there's not going to be special kind of treatment or however we're going to handle, you know, roster changes within our league, our fantasy football league. Um, so yeah, part of me is just like, well, maybe, maybe we've already hit like the, the new normal of whatever it's going to be. And even if this, you know, even if COVID becomes something or remains something for the next season or even following seasons, it wouldn't necessarily change the way we handle it as a league. Um, but would be, <laughs> would make all of us a little bit more like a choke in the upcoming drafts and off season where it's just like, Ooh, I'm part of my research. Isn't, you know, how many touchdowns did this guy score last year? But it's just like, did he get a vaccine? Is there a stamp of approval? Where was it? All right. So now you're going to go through on Yahoo and the filters are going to have vaccinated and not vaccinated, <laughs> which I hope we never get to, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, uh, uh, just curious how long this would stay with us in the in the fantasy football realm, but I appreciate uh, the insights, opinions that you guys both shared. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to add on. 
just as a complete, like a little bit of a tangent in terms of health in the NFL. Um, I don't, I don't know about you, Toby, like, what do you think of these independent neurologists that are supposed to die, like see concussions or like see if there's like a blow to the head? Cause they seem to be very selective and like, and that's being kind to them <laughs> on who they are, you know, taking out. Usually it's like, Oh damn, this like this linebacker seemed to got up slow. Let's um, you know, let's get him over. But then like, I mean, I th- and I'm pretty sure like this, th- these neurologists weren't there. Like, what sticks out in my mind is Julian Edelman, and I think it was a Super Bowl or one of a play like a championship game. He uh-huh. got drilled going over the middle. He had no idea where he was getting up, and they're just like, "All right, let's get Julian back to the huddle." He's like staggering, <laughs> and like like um, just help him up. Yeah, and like last week, and because I have him, Elijah Mitchell got hit on the head. I just like sat out a few plays, came back in. And then like, now he's like, Oh, now he, and now they retroactively say like, Oh yeah. Now he started experiencing concussions, but like he went out for a short period of time, presumably I think because he hit his head and, you know, suffered symptoms at that time. But like, I mean, even Devonte Adams, did you, do you remember that play? Well, the Jenny blown up. Yeah. He got blown up. Then he, they were like, Oh yeah, he's uh he he just had a chest injury or something, but he looked like he was out, yeah. like out completely. <laughs> like no no no, and I I think I remember hearing Brian Urlacher once was like, whenever we got get our bell rung or whatever it is, and we had to sit out a play, they always try to lie. They say, oh yeah, it's just uh, my shoulder or back or whatever yeah. it is, mm-hmm. because if they they know once they say concussion or head injury, they're they're out for the game or out for multiple games afterwards. So. Yeah, the whole independent neurologist is just a complete, just ridiculous. A farce. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They pick and choose. <laughs> well, let's let, let's just dig into this because I'm uh, as as I'm not a physician or in the medical industry. I'm actually curious. Like, what what do you have to go on in that little tent, right? If you're just going on whatever the player says, and granted, you know, for the moment he may be you know not aware of where he is, but. I I would say that 99 out of 100 times, these players are going to be like, put me back in, coach, right? If anything, more so for the pride rather than, you know, yeah. just not wanting to be out. So what what what's actually happening in these tents? Uh, and is there a way to objectively test it where you don't have to rely on so much subjective feedback from the player? Yeah, so to my knowledge, what happened, there's like, it's the University of Pittsburgh neurologist developed a protocol that they use and every player is actually tested beforehand like a baseline mm-hmm. yep. um, and so they have to give like standard answers um, to a set of questions um, and then those questions are asked again if they are evaluated for a concussion and then if you drop below that baseline you know then then you get then you sit out um, along with that is a neurologic exam. And like you mentioned, like Zane, like, oh, if the player's like fuzzy on where they are, well, that's a red flag. And like, <laughs> you know, that, that should not happen. Like, um, I think it was three, four years ago. Like one guy literally, like a quarterback literally had a seizure on the field what? Uh, because his, like he had, it was Tom Savage of the Texans. Like he got drilled. I think I vaguely remember that. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was like really was terrifying. bad. Um, but like, that's like his brain hitting his skull so hard that just the electrons just, or the, uh, like 
neurons just fired off electricity so much that his wow. entire body seized. That's actually really scary. And yeah, and like he was out there the next game. Right. And like, sure, like maybe the science does dictate that it's okay, but um like yeah, oh sorry, but going back, yeah, they do um they do a baseline or they do a test based on questions you've already answered in the preseason and then uh, a like a neurologic exam where they like, you know, follow my finger, uh, strength testing, reflexes, um, doing simple like tasks to see like if different parts of your brain are still functioning the same. Um, and that's what they, I think, look for. And then like other symptoms like headache, um, that cloudiness mm-hmm. of judgment, um, what else, like nausea, things like that. Gotcha. Um, so that's All what right. they're looking for. Um, and so, yeah, so like, yeah, the subjective stuff, like players have been known to like purposely like fail the initial one in the preseason or like just do poorly. Uh-huh. So then their baseline is already crap. So <laughs> it looks okay. Um, but, I was going to say how many, how many players write the answers down on their hand <laughs> before the <yeah>. game. <laughs> So wow. they just look down and be like, uh, answer the first question is this, answer the second question is this. Yeah. But like, I've seen it like where if you, they can't like tell you what happened on the last play, like that's an issue. <laughs> like, right? Yeah. So, but I think more often than not, they're just, um, and I do understand from the player's perspective that it's a financial thing, right? This is their livelihood. And if they feel like they're okay taking the risk going back in, Sure. Then, you know, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that football. Like it's a violent game and it's going to have its injuries, but, um, it's, it's just that when like you have the, this independent neurologist who's supposed to, you know, like just be looking at plays and seeing if somebody like got their uh, head or neck hit or head or neck area hit hard. Like, like if you're going to like, just don't do something for like a token, like, like actually, Pretend like you care or don't act like, like you, you care and go the full way or just yeah. like don't do like a half half measure. That's what I don't like about yeah. it. For all we know, they're betting on the game. So <laughs> <laughs> you get out there and cover this spread for me. <laughs> these these are the answers. All right, take the tent down. Let's go. He's fine. <laughs> Coach put me in. Exactly. Um, uh, that was actually a phenomenal left turn, Ashok. Thank you for that. I was uh you learn something new every day. Um, all right. Well, we, we've, we've hit a good mark here. Uh, I feel like I've covered all the things that I wanted to cover. Is there anything that you guys wanted to share before we wrap up? Nope. I'm good. I'm good too. Made it nice and easy for me. All right. Well guys, I appreciate you taking the time to hop on the podcast. I don't know what this podcast is going to look like over the next couple of weeks in the playoffs uh, or in the off season. I really hope, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out here on wax right now for Rishi and Narda. But I hope they I hope they keep it up in the off season. Or I hope we can keep it up in the off season because it's just been a super fun way to keep in touch with everybody. Uh, yeah. So I just want to reiterate that again because even when I'm not on the podcast, when I'm listening to you guys talk about all like sometimes the dumbest shit of like our, our past and our history or like whatever happened in high school and college. It just feels like I'm there in the room listening and it's just a nice kind of way to, to catch up. So um, thanks again for being on the podcast and no good problem. luck. It's always fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's always a great time to chat. 
Um, Ashok, good luck this week. I don't know if there's any way that uh, you and I both make the playoffs and nobody else does, but if there's a way, that'll be my top option. And, right. uh, and if there isn't, then uh, I hope you go down so bad and I take your spot. <laughs> but uh, but top option is that you and I make it in. You and I make it in. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hope that everybody else loses. Um, but awesome, guys. Have an awesome, if I don't chat with you before the holidays, have an awesome uh, holiday season. I know we're just a couple weeks out from uh, Christmas and New Year's here. So, uh, oh, I can hear Rishi and Nardo trying to talk through the gags. So let me go reapply those <laughs> and uh, we'll get them ready to, uh, to host next week. All right. Have an awesome one. Catch you guys later. All right. All right. Take care, guys. See you. See you, man. Yep.